Hey everyone, welcome to another Driven Hunter podcast brought to you by Mission Crossbows. And today we are in an unbelievable place. We're in the Northwest Territories up here at Canole Outfitters. We're joined by Miss Glenda Grote and my wife Nicole, who is holding a giant ram that she had just shot off of one of these beautiful mountains. And I got to say, this is probably the most gorgeous place I've ever done a podcast. So thanks for joining us and oh, thanks, thanks for, for having coming. us up here. So we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, what Glenda has going on up here. This has become quickly one of our favorite places to hunt and uh, what she offers for hunting services up here and kind of her background. And there's just a lot to it. You know, I, and Nicole and I, we, we always get asked, who who do you really think is one of the best female hunters in the business? And, you know, I would say, of course, my wife, right? <laughs> but second in line would no, be... She takes the cake. <laughs> no right. doubt about it. <laughs> Glenda is the real deal. And, you know, just give us a little bit of your background, Glenda, just to get us started, because, I mean, this is not something that you just stumbled into overnight. You know, start us off. How did you get into being an outfitter and a guide and all this stuff? Uh, I was raised in hunting camps. My dad used to guide and my mom cooked in hunting camps. So right from the time I was a little tiny girl, about my kid's age, um, I was running around in hunting camps and I always say the smell of gut shot sheep brings me back to my childhood. You know, most people's you it's, are so cool. <laughs> it's something about, you know, a smell at Christmas time or something. But really for me, it's that smell of uh, fresh shot sheep that really brings me back to childhood. Isn't that funny? I mean, because I was raised in hunting camp as well, but your hunting camp is on a complete extreme opposite than what I was. I mean, <laughs> born in Southern Illinois, I was raised in deer hunting camp, right? Like, you know, same thing though, little hunting shack, you know, that kind of thing. But you being out here in the mountains, I mean, you've got grizzly bears and wolves <laughs> and you're a little kid out here. Like the experiences that you had as a young child and having your mom and dad, especially with your dad guiding and all that like that's phenomenal right I mean like it gets in your blood it totally it's in in the blood and you know even at home in northern BC where we live I'll I'll feel homesick all the time it's (laughs) you know homesick for the mountains really because it's this is where I belong right we're in the most epic place in the world uh, with these giant McKinsey mountains in the background and we just like seconds before we started this podcast had a wolf howling off in the distance (laughs) and then we had we just had a lunch up uh on some rocks a ways away from camp here and they were howling over there I mean this is this place is truly the last frontier the biggest wilderness I've ever been in and probably some of the toughest but I mean how do you make a living nowadays doing this and, and still stay motivated because it's not easy being out no. here. It's, it's, <laughs> in, it's a passion, you know, like every day you get up and there's a lot to do around, but it's, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like you're just, you know, everybody around here puts in their part and I have a really good crew of guys around me that, uh, and the cook. I shouldn't leave her out. That's right. That, you know, everybody does their part and they pull their weight. And it's each one of us is here because we love it. And that's what ma- really makes it work around here is enjoying it and so enjoying you, every bit of it. Right. I mean, it definitely has to be in your blood. I mean, 
we know, you know, Nicole and I know is she, we, I love sheep hunting. I am not just a, mountain hunting, right? Like yeah. the second that Pat and I started coming to the mountains, I was like the highs and lows of what the mountains and the terrain will throw at you is addicting. Like as yeah. crazy as that sounds. And it might not, it's not for everyone. You know, some people are like, there is absolutely no way I'd go to the mountains and go for eight days without changing my underwear, taking a shower, whatever, you know? And some people are like, that sounds awesome, you know? So, I mean, it's one of those things that I think that once you get into it and you start doing it, it's, it does become addicting. Like you said, like Pat was saying, how do you stay motivated every single day? Like, you know, I mean, we had a 12 day hunt and I can't imagine like we're leaving and you have a whole new group of hunters coming in (laughs) that you have to stay peppy for because it's their first experience here, right? For the most part. So, you know, it it probably is some days, especially when it's snowing sideways or cold and rainy outside and you're like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. It's those days where, you know, you lean on the other people around you, right? And it's everybody enjoying it. And you know, being a family out here, even when you aren't blood related, you have so much in common with everybody who comes here, loves the mountains and loves being out here. And, you know, you hold on to those things instead Mm -hmm. of worrying about that snow storm or, you know, it'll pass eventually. So just holding on till you get to the other side. That's right. You know, back home, it's I mean, honestly, it's probably 90 degrees (laughs) right right now. now. Yes. And it's still (laughs) summer. We come up here and we've endured a couple different snowstorms during this last week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been in single digits in the morning. It is cold. And it definitely will test you, especially if you're sleeping out there in those environment, in that environment, like what we have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. the best part about coming up here is, you know, like you just don't take a quad to go hunting. You know? <laughs> Not like deer hunting. You, you pretty much, I mean, it's... Well, you could, you but... Use, you, you use these things that are attached yeah. to your body called your feet. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you don't get to the top easy. So, you know, it's just a crazy, you know, I guess Nicole said it best. It ain't for everybody, but it's a sense of endurance. But when you get to the top of that mountain and you look at look at the scenery and the sights below you, you get that. Mm -hmm. That's what really hooks you, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's a sense of accomplishment, you know? Like, you're climbing the mountain, and you think your legs can't take another step, and you aren't sure whether you're freezing cold or so (laughs) hot because you're sweating so bad, but the wind is cold on you, and, you know, like, you get up there, and you sit down, and you look around, and you just feel so accomplished and so good and take in all the beauty around you, and life is good. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. You know, that's this is our second year coming back here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, last year I got my sheep on the second go-round. I did not get one on the first go-round. It's not that we didn't see a lot. We saw them, but they outsmarted us. Yeah. And that's part of hunting. But we came back, and, yeah. and we got it done. Uh, Nicole stayed home during that time. But she said when I got back home, she's like, you know what? Next year it's my turn. And <laughs> you guys, right. like, uh, worked out some sort of deal. <laughs> and here we are back well, again. Well, actually, Pat, I got a text that you shot your sheep. And so I Im- immediately texted Nicole and said, his is done. Now it's me and you's turn for next year. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> and and I I thought, well, at least my wife will get a chance to, you know, endure some of that same stuff that I've went through over the years. And hopefully... Didn't she take, endure all 
all this behind you on some well, of these hunts already? A few times, yeah. <laughs> Amen did. to that. And I will be honest, like I told you, like pulling the trigger was absolutely phenomenal, right? But I think on a sheep hunt or just mountain hunt in general, everybody pulls the trigger because everybody has to yeah. climb up the same mountain that you did, right? And everybody has to endure the exact same elements that you have to endure. So it's not like it's just the hunter doing it. No. It's everybody that's involved. So it's definitely a team effort. Yeah. And I feel just as accomplished as when Pat went sheep hunting and, you know, didn't get one. <laughs> oh, if, if, if you hear a four-wheeler, uh, our four-wheeler's coming into camp dragging wood and... Uh, this is part of the daily activity yep. here at Canole. Yep. They're they're gathering wood because if you don't have that, you're not going to stay warm at night. No. So Especially on years like this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, they're in every day. It's there's something to do around here. It's just like if you you know when you live here in the north, you got your daily chores. Yeah. And that's so cool. Now let's just dive a little bit into your past. So you you started out as a guide, right? No, I started out oh. as a cook in oh, camps. Cook. Yeah. The hardest part, and then went to the yeah, <laughs> yeah. I started out as a cook, and I loved being outside. So, I was either going out and getting horses, or going along with the guides hunting. And they couldn't keep me in the kitchen, and I think they didn't think I was that great a cook. So, <laughs> they, they, I beg to differ. <laughs> I've tasted your food. <laughs> they decided to, you know, let me start guiding I worked my way I wrangled for a while and then I started out by just scouting sheep and they'd send me out scouting on my own and then eventually into guiding and here we are that's crazy I mean you took a real shortcut to get like it didn't happen quite that easy but <laughs> no uh, I mean we had heard about Glenda long before we got here and said this girl knows you know sheep and sheep hunting and once you step on the mountain with her you'll you'll pretty much be looking at the back of her shoes because she is focused <laughs> and she is going to get you on some sheep. And honestly, like, she is legit as legit gets <laughs> when it comes to a female hunter, female guide, all the above. Like, there's not enough good words. And it's not just because you're sitting here like anybody that I oh, tell. Yes. I'm not sure I, if it's I, the what sun saying. or what you guys are saying that's making me <laughs> blush here. But I mean, honestly, I've been able and been fortunate to share camp with a lot of females, you know, even females in the hunting industry. And uh, you are by far one of the very top females that I've ever been able to uh, be on a hunt with. And just legit from point A to point Z, like you are tough as nails and a lot tougher I'm just gonna say this but a lot tougher than a lot of male guides that I've had in the past so I'm just stubborn I, that's all not too tough and I'm not just like yeah women rock but I mean like I think it's awesome to be able to share camp share mountain the experiences memories with another female but you're also an inspiration for so many other females to get into the industry and to, you know, just this across the boards as far as whether they want to have a television show or they just want to go hunting or they dream and inspire maybe to even be a guide some days, right? I mean, like, I think it's awesome that you have some of these younger girls come up and help out around camp and learn. I mean, like, I think mm -hmm. that's wonderful that you're giving them that opportunity. So let's talk about this ram, big ram that you're holding and... Hey, Twitcher. Got the dogs and everything here. Uh, tell us about the hunt. Obviously, you've had success, and you're holding on to a much bigger ram than I shot. And let's talk about that, because <laughs> I think a lot of people, what's cool about this podcast is people are going to hear kind of and see a little bit of the story, mm -hmm. 
well before it ever airs. Yep, that's right. Well, this is a, actually a day three ram, believe it or not. So Glenda kind of knew somewhat whereabouts, right, when we came into camp. Yeah, we actually had been seeing them um, kind of it during the summer. We'd see them off and on up on this mountain here, but it's kind of we know that this mountain right close to us, it's a tough hunt that not everybody can do. You have to be physically in shape and kind of brave because it's pretty steep. And yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like it's not that you're choosing somebody specific for each ram, but, you know, some hunters can do different terrain than other hunters. Yep. So yeah, this is how it worked out. There's certain mountains for certain hunters yeah. for sure. And there are some mountains out there that I say I would never step my foot on <laughs> yeah. because, you know, essentially I am scared of heights and so was my husband. So hey, you <laughs> don't have to tell everybody my <laughs> secrets. But anyways, yeah, day three. Yep. So the well, first day we go out say, yep, day one. and we actually walk from base camp here, yeah. which is kind of different from what you normally yeah. do. Normally you take the helicopter to a remote location and you land and you got to wait 12 hours before you can hunt. But what we did is... Glenda said, we can stay here at base camp, which Nicole wasn't arguing because <laughs> that meant you could sleep in a more warmer cabin than you would be sleeping in a tent and a little better amenities for sure. Yeah. And then we could walk it, but we'd have to then walk back at night. So we walked here from base camp, which I call the Baton Battalion Death March. <laughs> Baton Death March, Battalion Death March. I don't know what you call it, but anyways, it's a death march. And uh, last year we did it. We walked up that drainage and we went after a particular ram mm -hmm. and we never ended up, we saw no. him, but then you said he's a little too young. Yeah. And then she said, well, he's older this year if it's him, <laughs> but we go up there the first day and we're just getting up into the drainage a little bit. And all of a sudden Glenda stops and she's like, you know, just with her eyesight, spots these rams like so far away I could even see them with my binoculars. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we put down the scope and check them out and she's like, there's two shooters there. And yeah. they were big ones, weren't they? Yeah, there was definitely two really nice rams in there. And, you know, it was kind of hard to choose from far away. I definitely picked this guy out right away because of the weight in the bottom of his mm -hmm. horns I could tell he was an older ram with his body and everything than the other ram even though they were both really nice caliber of rams what else made this ram very special he was a fanon and he's the darkest fanon that I've seen in all the years that I've hunted in the northwest territories and he has black all through his cape I used to guide over in the Yukon for stone sheep and he's darker than some of the stone sheep I got over there. So, so. she has a fifty thousand dollar stone sheep, <laughs> what you're telling me. Yeah. He could qualify, couldn't he? Yeah, he definitely could qualify. He has black all through his cape and down his legs and yeah. So after uh, we're sitting there looking at him and and judging him up and I'm like, I really like the one and of course Glenda and There might have been Nicole, a dispute on the mountain. <laughs> they really like the older one. And I mean, I wasn't going to argue with Glenda because she definitely knows the age, so oh, knows how to judge him. You argued oh, a little, but I, yes, come on, that's Pat, right. I would have shot the younger one because he was, you know, just a little more perfect. He wasn't broomed off, but that's just me. Some yeah. people don't like shoot busted up tiny yeah. hair, and I'm one of those kind of people. So, anyways, uh, so what happened after we spotted him? Tell us a little story. So after we spotted them, they were actually in a really good place to 
to stock. So um, they were bedded down, which was perfect for us. We figured that they'd be bedded down because this was like mid-morning and they'd be bedded down till they got up and fed a little bit at lunch. So we had some time. So we went around behind them and climbed up. And as we were coming across... And I mean climbed. <laughs> yeah, we climbed <laughs> pretty high. It wasn't just a little climb. It yeah. was like a vertical climb. Yeah. And we were coming across the rocks in the last little piece to where we thought they were going to be just over. And one of the younger rams um, that hadn't been right with them in the morning came around the mountain, must have heard us coming through the rocks. And he came out at about 200 yards and turned around. And we knew that the younger ones had blew out for sure at that point. But uh, we still had a little bit of hope. So... We went over to where we thought they would be and we kind of looked around a little bit and here they had crossed the valley or crossed into the backside of the basin already and kind of went up high and they were just bedded down there. So we watched them till about, you know, just before dark and then headed back to camp for the night because they weren't weren't in a place that we could make a move at that point. So, uh, yeah, we came back to camp and then the next day we figured we'd go out there and see what kind of position they were in at that point and... On the second day, it was pretty rainy, and we actually mm-hmm. didn't see them at all. No. That was a long day. Yeah. We walked back up the same drainage and sat there and sat there thinking, well, maybe, like, you've taught me. Hey, <laughs> you know, and I've learned over the years in sheep hunting, I mean, they can still be there, and you, you might yeah. not see them. Yeah, there's a ton of them. area you can't see. Yeah, yeah. they got just hiding in a little fold or yeah. crevice there and until they feed out, and so we just sat there all day, some of it during the rain. Yeah. Yeah, it rained quite a bit of the day, and we moved around a little bit to try and look into all the crevices, but mostly just sat still waiting for them to come out if they were still in there, and um, they weren't. So we, <laughs> we just, walked back to camp. We walked back to camp. At that point, we figured they must have went over the top because they had been kind of high the night before when we seen them, so time to come up with a new game plan for the next day. Yeah, so we walk back to camp, we look around this mountain, and this mountain is not just a little mountain, it's a ginormous <laughs> one. And Glenda says, well, I think they're on the backside. So you look at this mountain, you're like, well, <laughs> to go around that backside is just not uh, just an easy <laughs> jog around the park. So anyways, we, uh, we decide on day three to go around the backside, yeah. figuring that the, the sheep, like you said, it went over the top. Yeah. So then what happened on day three? So we got up early because we knew we wanted to get, you know, you want to get into the sheep country while they're still feeding in the morning and then you watch them bed down so that you know where you're stalking to. If you're moving at the same time as the sheep, it doesn't always work out because mm-hmm. you don't know where they're moving once you lose sight of them. So we got around there early and um, I think we had them spotted um, by about 9.30 in the morning, actually. We had them spotted. And, and they it, were in an absolute just... I mean, it was yeah. God shining down on us that day because they were in a perfect spot. I mean, you pulled yes. your binos up and you're like, there they are. Yeah. Yeah. Way up at the top. I'm and my heart just sank when she, you know, when you, it's like, you know, especially going a day and you don't see them and you're like, I mean, they could be anywhere. Like Pat said, this mountain is so huge and no sheep travel. Yeah. And, you know, when Glenna says, oh, they're just on the backside of the mountain, I'm thinking, oh, great. Like where, you know, I mean, this mountain's huge. <laughs> So there's 
no better feeling than when you do finally get to get your eyes on the yeah. You know, when the we brands. went around yeah. there and you said there they are right there, it was almost like wow. Yeah. Yes. Like, that was that was nice because yeah. it was like yeah. you knew they were there. And there's a lot of this mountain that's pretty cliffy, and you wouldn't they'd be in not a place you could stalk them, so you might have to wait them out. So that day when we went around there and looked, and they were in such a good spot that looked like we could get right up there to them, it was prime. It was go time. Yeah, and then it was it was climbing and it was raining. It was sweat time and sweating. We did a vertical climb that, you know, you're just basically using your claws to just dig into this mountain and get to the, the top. And, you know, of course, your adrenaline is pumping. Yeah. I was, it's like having a Boone and Crockett stand in front of you for me. Yeah. It's just, I was just nervous yeah. and I wasn't even the one pulling the trigger. <laughs> At one point, we sat down to take a breath and the fog came in so thick that we thought you know maybe we should just hold off for yes. a while but timing wise it was better to keep going so mm -hmm. that if they were still bedded down in the fog and it did clear we'd have a good shot but as we kept climbing it cleared off again and she smiled and, on and us and we were doing something you normally don't do as a sheep guide <laughs> or sheep hunter is come up from underneath them we weren't directly underneath them. Okay. <laughs> come on, Pat. <laughs> but Glenda, she's like, I'd rather always come from the top. But we we tried something a little bit different on this one because it was like you said, they were just in that that spot, and we had a ridge line that we could yeah, stay behind. Yeah, we were behind a ridge line the whole way, and they were in the pocket. So, kind of where we came out and were able to shoot from was a little below them. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got saved ourselves a little bit of right. Right. a few well, feet in elevation. When we got up there, it was it was awesome because, I mean, of course, everybody is just, you know, at the top of, you know, adrenaline is just pumping and you're nervous. You come up, we come over the top and you're like, it, we got to get down and get in position because they, they were looking at us. They already had seen something. Well, when I looked over, they were... The one was still bedded, and the other one ha was up feeding already. So at that point, I knew we had to kind of be fast, and Pat was slacking down at the bottom of the mountain there. <laughs> <laughs> I was filming. I'm, I'm just kidding. So at that point, Pat started coming up to us, and I looked over again, and the second one got up, and I said to these guys, like, no, we need to go yeah. now. All three of us or all four of us, including the camera guy, is just going to pop over here at the same time and it was as soon as we came over because we were that little bit below them and they did peg us right away yeah. but once we because we all came up at the same time they just kind of stared at us weren't really sure what we were and gave us enough time to get a good shot on this old guy so like you made the perfect shot and I seen him tip over backwards on camera. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then and he was like gone. Yeah, yeah. he started like, rolling down the mountain. I don't even know how far he rolled. Yeah, you guys were celebrating. And I was like, I got to get up <laughs> yeah, there and like, see where he goes so that we yeah, know, he came, right? He went out of sight for the yeah. rest of us. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I, my adrenaline was rushing. Everybody always asks, you know, you know, do you fall apart before the shot or after? And I'm definitely an after the shot fall apart person. But you're also on a cliff like this on a mountain so like yeah. all of us are wanting to hug and celebrate but not move because <laughs> nobody wanted to fall down the mountain either so yeah. it was one of those things where we're all like okay nobody move but whoa we did it yeah nicole or i remember glenda looking over the top she's like he ain't moving i think he's done and then of course we celebrated and then yeah. it's time to go to work you know for us 
Yeah. I told Glenda, I said, your your job's done. Now it's our turn. So. I think she told you that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I told her. Actually, I told her. I said, oh, listen, I'm the boss now. You've done your work. I think I said, you can be the boss now, Pat. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. This is what I dealt with the whole trip, the bantering. It's like brother and sister. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, we had fun, and it we was did. that that memory I'll never forget. You know, just that whole experience the climb to the ramp, just the whole hunt itself, you know, I mean, that's honestly what I think a lot of sheep hunters can always relate to is, you know, the like Nicole said earlier, the highs and lows of it, the amount of effort it takes to, to go after these critters in this environment is just truly, you know, so rewarding when it finally culminates and you get your hands on something like that. And I mean, when you pick up that sheep, just his head alone right now that you're holding, I mean, it's how heavy. heavy is that yeah. thing? Yeah. How old are, or yeah, how heavy are they? I don't know. But, but they're darn heavy. Yeah. They're I mean, super. They're, tell us a little yeah. bit now, how old is this ram? And how do you tell? How, I mean, how would you judge like that ram? Like, you, you know, people say, well, he's 10 years old, 11, 12. How old do they get? And tell me, tell me how you look at this ram and know that he's a big one and an old one. Um... From far away, like I was saying, when we first seen him, you look at in the bottom here, mm -hmm. how much weight he carries right down to the bottom. I yeah. could tell just from that that he was an old ram. And that was, we were way too far away to actually start aging him at that point. And then um, once you're up closer and you have your spotting scope on him, I'm not sure if you guys can see it from there, but there's the rings in here on his horns and the prominent ones are age rings. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're going to start at, I, how I do it <laughs> is that your, um, first most prominent ring is the two year old. Lots of times the lamb tip that's out here gets rubbed off and you can just like barely see it. So that would be like his one, one year. Um, so I always start at this one, this most prominent one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and then this last little piece here—that's what you call a—would be a half year because that's the growth that they've had this year. Um, this year. Okay. So this ram here is twelve and a half years old, and um, we we usually try and get them over ten is what we really like to see. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen—those are really old sheep that you know, like in the bighorn and desert you won't see sheep that old really? here really? um 15 years old is i think the oldest ram that's been killed in the oh yeah i gotta say that your record and you just you basically took on this operation starting last year yeah and what you did last year and what you already have done this year is like i mean it's stellar there's what a track record and you know, what a feather in your cap, because last year, you, what what was your percentages of rams you took? I mean, how many, what was your success rates? We were 100% success rate last year wow. on sheep. Um, and last year, our age average was 11 years old. So for us, that's bang on. It says a lot, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. about our population again. And, and you had quite a few, you had some bow hunters too. Yeah. Yeah, last year we took um, 
we took five bow hunters and three killed with the bow, two ended up shooting their rams with the rifle. And this year we had five successful bow hunters already this year. That's awesome. Yeah. That's insane. The guys are shooting them. What's what's happening this year? How many rams have you killed and what's what's some of the biggest ones so far? Um, we took twenty four rams so far this year and we're that's our max basically that we'll take around 25 rams a year and uh so we're done we're moving on to moose and caribou hunts now but um we have had about the luckiest year that (laughs) anybody could ask for i don't even know i think me and the guides were talking about it last night and we all just feel extremely blessed even to see a year like this for the number of sheep and like size of sheep that we took. Um, we have seven rams that were over 40 inches this year. Seven over 40. Yeah. That is insane. It's a, that's a once in a lifetime thing. If we see it again in our lifetime, we'll be extremely blessed people. We feel pretty blessed just to have it once. Yeah. You know? Somebody told me it's almost like turning the clock back to the 70s. Yeah. When there was, there was absolutely very little hunting pressure ever in this you know, entire know part of the world so it's like the 1970s of sheep yeah yeah like my dad's here now and you know I remember reading stories about the first year that he guided in the Yukon and they took 22 sheep and 14 were you know 40 inches and that's how I feel here today is like I always read those stories about my dad thinking wow you know like I wish I could have lived during those days to see all that and, and now look yeah and you're in your own and you're yeah. making your own yeah you're doing it yourself like you're the outfitter <laughs> isn't that crazy do you sometimes yeah. you have to wake up and pinch yourself and yeah. say like I'm really doing this for a living it I don't know it just doesn't ever really sink in I just still <laughs> feel like I'm one of the guys and one of the guides and yeah you know like it takes everybody to make the camp go round, and so I just I just feel like I'm one of everybody that makes it happen and it's everybody here that has a part in the success not just not just me hey you're too humble but I'm gonna you know I'm gonna start calling you the sheep goddess (laughs) that's a good name for her actually (laughs) well if if you want to come sheep hunting this is definitely the place that you need to check out and you know there's there's so much more you have to offer Obviously, the sheep, I mean, is world-class here. But, you know, we, when we come here, we get a caribou tag. And uh, last year, I shot a beautiful full velvet caribou. Of course, Nicole's turn this year, so she has a caribou tag. And what happens there? <laughs> well, my husband likes to say I stood up on the mountain and uh, waved my hands at the sheep to, or at the mountain caribou to scare him away, but I didn't. He... Uh, Pat was actually stalking him with his Matthews and got into 40, 60 yards. And uh, he got a little too far from our cameraman and they couldn't communicate. And uh, the bull stood up and he didn't know it. And the cameraman knew it and Pat didn't. And I couldn't see him. No, yeah. yeah Pat got himself in a little bit of a predicament I w- there. I was he just was trying little... to get five more yards yep. closer. And and Glenn was with me, the better half of the the groats. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, you don't want to be making Glenn mad. Well, no. I, I'm just saying Glenn is a, is a great hunter and a great guide himself. And he is. He, he stalked us in really close. But I was like, I got to get five more yards because it was just, I was in a little bit of a depression. And I had my cameraman up on a high point, mm-hmm. And he could see the bull, but I couldn't. 
And when it stood up, I could have probably got a, a really good bow shot on him because he was standing there pretty much almost just slightly quartering away. And I don't know. It looked like in the video later on that the bull winded us, and he was with another one, and they took off out of there. And I just said, Nicole. Yeah, I mean, literally, he was at 46 yards. He stood there for about five seconds oh, or so, took him. off, and all, I mean, like, I was in full, like, camera girl mode. Like, I had my camera. I had the, you know, I was ready for the car for Pat to just kind of, you know, draw and kind of ease up. I was going to ease up behind him and have the caribou and him in the frame. I'm like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And all of a sudden, Pat's like, get your rifle. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, because the caribou took there. off. I'm like, he's and... not going to get get away. <laughs> We're yeah. gonna get him, and he'd, he ran cool. down across that gully and uh, stopped, and got 108 yards. Right? Yeah, Nicole shot him, and and uh, of course, you know, like anything, you get him down up here. I mean, the just the work then begins. So yeah, we uh, we got him all processed up, and and Lee come in and picked him up that night, and then we had like the walk back from he double toothpicks it was not easy i renamed that entire flat we call it hummock he double toothpicks. it was bad honestly like i remember though last year i said you know what glenn there's some there's a common theme here with you and i go caribou hunting with you because last year when pat shot his bull we stayed out on the mountain all night long because we didn't want to walk through the willows and stuff at dark because of grizzly bears covered in blood and yes and we were freezing cold and we didn't have any extra food, no nothing. And we had like a six and a half mile hike the next day with no food. Like I was dying by the time we got back to the we, tent the next day. So I should have known when you sent Glenn, when you send Glenn out with us again this year for caribou hunting. Pack extra food. I did. I packed extra clothes, <laughs> extra food, all of it. But oh. we still had a hike out of this world. But you know what? It was all totally worth it. I mean, just like we said before, whether you're sheep hunting or you're caribou hunting or you come up here moose hunting, like you get the same experience, right? I mean, you're experiencing a once in a lifetime thing. And I think that's one of my favorite things of what we do for a living is being able to bring that back to screen to viewers at home that can only dream and aspire to someday be able to travel to country like this and be able to pursue an animal like we've been able to pursue mm -hmm. this week. Like it's, you know, to me, I think that's awesome to be able to take that to people that someday may not ever have the opportunity to do it, but they can watch us do it on TV. I yeah. hope that, I hope there's somebody out there watching or listening today that, that, you know, says, Hey, those guys did it. I'm going to go do that. Absolutely. And just check that off your bucket list or make make time to come here mm -hmm. and experience these Mackenzie Mountains because they honestly are the most beautiful mountains we've yeah. ever been in. I mean, when I die, I know that one of my last memories will be of this place. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. are you saying you're gonna die soon or what? Hopefully not. But, uh, you know, Jeez, keep Pat. making me climb these mountains. That might happen. My heart was pounding this last time. Yeah. But uh, we've had so much fun up here, and and uh, we can't wait to come back. You got moose hunters coming in this next week, so right. you're gonna be you're shifting in. into yep. moose mode. We were here last year with the, the Baileys and uh, got to watch them guys, you know, Jack and Sam and David. Those yeah. guys had such, it was so fun to watch some new people come into camp. It's like their first big game hunt that they had really, really went on. Yeah, and they were a father and two sons. and That's awesome. They got to experience lots of it together and, you know, have each other there when they shot their game and 
you oh, know, I, it was, I mean, it's they, a pretty cool experience. Yeah, they became friends of ours, and you know, we told them we're coming back up here. They they're anxiously awaiting our you know social media posts, and I'll tell them, hey, yeah, yeah listen to this podcast and stuff like that. <laughs> Shout out to the Baileys. That's, That's right. right. We have we've made so many new friends, Lon this week, and of mm-hmm. course George, and everybody that's just you spend camp with. We've created our entire network of friends through yeah. hunting, hunting camps. camps. Yep. Yeah. And that's all part of it. And that's what you get when you come up here. This place is amazing. So I wanted to thank you again for joining us. Um, it's cool to do a remote podcast like this. It yeah. really is. So, you know, we'll be bringing you some more remote podcasts in the near future because we got hunts, a lot of hunts coming up. That's what are we right. doing next? The fall is just kicking off. We head home and we are going to be doing our Minnesota opener archery. And then you head to the Yukon. For oh, moose yeah. hunting, and I had to, yeah, Kentucky for elk, and then that just begins. And <laughs> then it just our, goes on and <laughs> yeah, on Alberta and on. Alberta for muley, Saskatchewan for whitetails. Well, so, yeah. we look forward to coming back here again, and next next time it's my turn. Nope, I think shoot. we've already decided <laughs> I need to come back and get a white sheep now, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Even I don't know if we can guarantee another dark fan in like that, but we <laughs> can right. we can find a white sheep pretty Glenda, easy. I know there's a sheep up there that had my name on it, and that's why you really wanted her to shoot that one. He's going to live until next year. year. He'll be old enough. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, and uh, you guys stay tuned. Uh, we'll be bringing you some more exciting podcasts in the near future.